Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. All right, anybody know what we're talking about this morning? The life of victory. Father, before we go any further, help us to hear only the words you have for us. Help me to boldly speak your word as I ought to. Help all those that are listening now online and in this room, help us to hear exactly what we need to hear. Lord, we determine to not just let words bounce off our eardrums today, but we're going to let these sayings sink down into our ears. We hang on to every word you speak now from your word, and we thank you. It will change our lives for the better. In Jesus' name, amen. So everybody say the life of victory. There is a way to live where you don't have to pray, Jesus, save me so much. You can say amen in Faith Heights Church. It's not against the law. I said, there is a way to live where you don't have to pray, Jesus, heal me so much. Now, any believer can get a victory, but it takes living in the will of God to live in victory. Any believer can get a victory. You know, they're out there doing their own thing, hit a brick wall, whatever, whatever. Cry out to the Lord, he will save you. How many of you want to miss some walls? You can. The Bible talks about living above the storm. The Bible talks about avoiding things that other people hit smack dab into. How do you do that? Well, number one, get saved. But number two, live the way the Lord wants you to live till you get to heaven. And you will miss a lot of unnecessary adversity on your road to heaven. Now, if you like adversity, (laughs) you don't have to hear anything else that I'm going to say. But I don't think anybody here likes misery, destruction, or, or adversity. So, so really, you need to get this revelation. If you read the Bible, you'll see this, that when believers, you know, church people, when, when people that believe in Jesus decide to follow God's plan for their life and not just wake up, oh, what do I want to do today? But when you're actually going, Lord, what do you want me to do today? When, when you start living this life of saying, Jesus, a few more, few more clicks, we're all out of here. Life's like a vapor, appears for a time, vanishes away. It's done. I want to make every day count. What do you want me to do today? Now, I'm going to go about my business, but is there any adjustments, any tweaks of my schedule? Is there anything you want me to rearrange today? Little things and big things. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, and He'll direct your paths. Well, if the Lord's directing your paths, you're going to miss all brick walls. If the Lord's directing your paths, you're never going to miss it. There's no such thing as being led by the Spirit and missing it at the same time. A lot of times we miss it because we're not being led by the Spirit who knows the future, knows the hearts of all men. It's just smart to look to the Lord every day of your life. Say, Lord, what do you have for me? Then read the Bible, pray, and listen to your insides. But when we follow God's plan for our life, we don't encounter... Well, let let me put it this way. When we don't follow God's plan for our life we encounter a lot of tests and trials he never intended us to encounter. I call it unnecessary adversity. And it's unnecessary because we don't have to keep going down roads that have problems on them. There is another road. Right? It's called the will of God for your life. So turn to Romans chapter 3. I have three... Well, actually, I won't mention the title yet. We need to read this scripture. It's been our golden text. Romans 3, verse 16 and 17. We're talking about the life of victory. Everybody say life. The life of victory. Any believer can get a victory. It takes living a certain way to live in victory. Any believer can get a victory. But I I just, I'd rather just miss some stuff. You know what I'm talking about? I'd rather just fly above some stuff or go around some stuff or not even be on the road where some of that stuff is. I'd rather just miss it altogether. Now, there can be problems in our life. There can be challenges. But when you're on the right road, your faith works a thousand times better. And you just overcome a lot easier. And you miss a bunch of stuff because you're not on the road where all that junk is. So what does it say here? 
destruction and misery are in their ways. So what's the answer to people, according to this verse, if destruction and misery is a part of their life year after year? Uh, uh, go down a new way, get on a different road. Analyze how you're living, not just how you're praying. Hmm? We believe in prayer. Prayer is amazing. But prayer can't take the place of going down the right road after you're done praying. Preach it, Pastor. Let's just practice a little bit here. My part is, glory to God. Your part is, amen. But let's try that, really. Glory to God. By His stripes you're healed. Christ has set you free. Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> Saying amen can be an act of faith that causes a problem in your body to immediately disappear. It said, it said in the book of Hebrews that the word preached did not profit this group of people because they didn't mix faith with it. Can the word preached not profit you when it's supposed to set you free? Aw, how, how, how? If you don't mix faith with it, you could hear a life-saving sermon and leave just as depressed as you came in. When all along, you could have been totally set free. Got to mix faith with it. Got to mix faith. Now, I'm not saying you have to say amen to everything I say, but I'm, I am saying this. Don't be afraid and don't hesitate to share your faith out loud at times if you hear something that really strikes a chord with your spirit because that's one of the ways manifestations of miracles happen in meetings without even having to pray. All right, you following me? So if you don't want destruction, you don't want misery, what should you do? Pastor, just pray for me again. No, get on the road where that stuff ain't. <laughs> I said get on the road where destruction and misery ain't. There are roads, roads right now in the natural that you as a believer can go down in certain cities and be shot at. I don't know why the Lord had me shot. He didn't have you shot. You were on a road. He never told you to go down. Had nothing to do with the mysterious will of God. You went down the wrong road. Now, will he heal you? Will he help you? Definitely. But how many of you want to just live above some junk instead of crash, bang, boom, help, Lord, crash, bang, boom, help, Lord, crash, bang. How about we miss some crash, bang, booms? Yes. The, what was destruction and misery all about in these people's lives? It was a path they were on. And the answer for that, if you want lasting victory, get on a new road. Next verse. Now here's something we do want. But they didn't get it because they weren't on the road that it was on. The way of peace they have not known. Why? Because they're on the road to destruction and misery. Check the signs, man. <laughs> now, the devil a lot of times will paint everything you ever wanted. But if you just scratch a little bit of that paint off, you'll see, oh, it actually says destruction and misery. Make sure you're on the right road. There is roads where you can experience destruction and misery and go to heaven when you die. But you lived in hell till you get there. there. There's ways, there's ways to live that will actually cause you to miss a lot of stuff a lot of people are heading right into. Well, how come God loves them more? He, I mean, they always get delivered. They don't have all these problems, but these people have all these problems. Maybe they're on two different roads. Now, please, don't get, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not stupid, okay? Being a Christian doesn't mean you're going to be a problem-free life. Stuff's going to come against you. There's a devil. You have an adversary. It goes around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The Bible talks about fiery darts of the devil being shot at you. But it also talks about a shield that will quench all of them. The Bible also talks about overcoming everything that does come against you. The Bible does talk about victory always. It implies there's going to be some battles. But how many of you like to win? Well, there's a road you can go down where you have armor, you got weapons, you have power, and when those things do come against you, shing, ching, 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 ching. Everybody go, shing, ching, 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 ching. <laughs> All right, so if you want peace, what should you do? Well, Pastor, just pray for me again so I have peace. I will, and you'll get some peace, but do you want to live in peace? 
or just come to me again in three weeks. After you're bound, there's a way to live in peace, guys. And I know I'm messing up your lifestyles and your agendas right now, but they probably need messed up like mine did. There's a way to live. There's a way to think. There's a way to talk. There's a way to believe. There's a way to treat people. There's a way to uh, navigate in this life where you're going to be geographically. And if you're on the right way, you're going to have peace and not even have to pray for it. You don't have to pray for things that are on the road you're on. The reason there's so much praying going on for people to get help and things from the Lord is because they're on roads where they're separate from those things. And if they'd be on the right road, they wouldn't have to pray. For, you, know, you know, the Bible says if you will really live for God like you know you're supposed to in your heart, you know, don't wait for a heart attack. If you'll right now start living for God like you know you're supposed to. The Bible says all these blessings of healing and deliverance and prosperity and strength and protection, all these blessings will just come on you and overtake you. Didn't even say you had to pray for those things. They're coming on you and overtaking you. You don't have to go after them. They're coming after you. Jesus himself said, if you would seek first the kingdom of God, you know, his ways of doing things and his righteousness, if you seek first God, all these things that everybody else is going after would be added unto you. You don't have to pray for that. You don't have to pray for things that are added unto you. I'm telling you guys, there's a way to live where almost all of our prayers are for other people because all our needs are met because of the road we're on. There's a road that the Lord asks us to be on. And everything you need is on that road. Yes, there'll be attacks. Yes, there'll be fiery darts trying to get you off that road. But you got shield. You got power. You got weapons because you're on the road where those things are. Plus, your faith just works a thousand times better. You know, you receive from God by faith. Your faith works a thousand times better when you know you're on the right road. I'm not talking about being perfect. The Bible doesn't say be perfect in the sight of the Lord and he'll lift you up. It said humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he'll lift you up. Just humble yourself and say, Lord, your way is the right way. Your plans are better than mine. <laughs> I'm going to look to you in the morning, not just go with my brain power only. I'm going to look to you. Let me tell you one of the main reasons we need to look to the Lord for direction in our lives. You know, where to go, who to marry, what to do, where to stay. Because one thing about looking to the Lord is your brain does not know the future. But he does. He knows what may look good now but turn into war a week from now, right? I tell people all the time that are, you know, wanting to get married, if, you know, if, if, you're, if you're 18 years old and you want to get married, I suggest you wait till you're 19. But anyway, um, <laughs> remembrance of Larry Norman there. Um, but what was I going to say? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes, I know what it was. So, so, as a pastor for the last 30 some years, I've, I've been called a lot from couples who want to get married. And, and I, I, I try to tell them, I, I've dealt with this more with ladies, we've dealt with this, than guys. Saying, well, I want to get married, you know, I'm so in love, I want to get married, I'm so in love. And I, I would tell the ladies, because sometimes I'd have a check in my spirit, and you just can't tell people what to do, though, but... I'd say, now, now, did you pray about this? Oh, but he's so, he's such a hunk. He's just, he's so awesome. And he's just so wonderful. And, and it's like, but have you prayed about this? Well, yeah, but you know, we just want to get married. Can you do it or not? I said, well, are you sure this is the perfect will of God for your life? Or is this just your flesh or infatuation? What is this? Is this love? Or do you love what they can do for you? Or do you really love them? You know? So I say, I said, yeah, you need to watch out because I've seen this happen even after people got married against my thoughts and advice, sometimes Prince Charming is really Frankenstein. <laughs> In disguise. And sometimes you just because I've seen men come to church, lift up their hands, go to services, get the girl, get married, and they don't go to church no more. They did it all just to get her. They, wasn't, they didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord. They just wanted the, the chick. How many know Prince Charming can turn to Frankenstein in two weeks and the Lord knows that? I mean, I think it would be good to talk to the Lord about a life, lifetime commitment before you just jump because of natural things only. And I guess, you know, um, 
you know, Princess Buttercup <laughs> could turn to the Bride of Frankenstein <laughs> in two weeks, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, think it'd be good to talk to the one who knows the hearts of all men and knows the future before making major decisions like that. All right, sorry, Daniel, that was a good one, right? You must like the Princess Bride, too. <laughs> Turn to Psalm 107. <laughs> Psalm 107. Psalm 107. So, three titles for the message today. Number one, a sermon a day keeps misery away. See, a sermon a day should be your life. Not just something you fit in if you have time, if you want to live in victory. We're talking about life things, not add-ons during this sermon. God should never be an add-on. His things should never be an add-on. You know, if it's convenient or if I have time or if I have room. No, 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 no. God is our life. And if we have room for a movie, we might add it in. If we have room for... This thing over here, we might add it in, but no, no, no. It's not our life, and I'll see if I can fit church in. Not if you want the life of victory. Now, when I say victory, I'm talking about healing and health and strength and divine protection and prosperity and wealth and riches and all kinds of good things to help you be a blessing. All right? So, if you want the life of victory... Hearing God's word on a regular basis has to be your life. Notice I didn't say it has to be a part of your life. Because you have that word part in there, you're going to think you're in control. Let God be in control. And if you have room for some of this other stuff, great. But if not, at least God. Right? I mean, it, it needs to be like getting dressed and eating food in the natural. It's like there's certain things we do every day. Not just Monday through Friday. How many of you eat food on Saturday and Sunday? How many of you get dressed on Saturday and Sunday? There's certain things you do seven days a week, right? Well, hearing God's word is a, is a, it's the life that you and I need to be living. It needs to be just as normal for us to hear a sermon a day. Pastor, I can't hear a sermon a day. You're watching five hours of TV a day. Just change the channel. <laughs> Just change the channel. I can't, I, can't, I can't listen to a whole hour sermon. I can't, I can't listen to an hour sermon every day. You're listening to six hours of TV. Just change to Go Victory Network for an hour. Right. Or go to Faith Heights YouTube for an hour. <laughs> it's like people, they, they, they see the verse of Scripture in Joshua chapter 1 where it says, Meditate in God's Word day and night. And you'll make your way prosperous and have good success. Well, they say, I can't, I can't meditate in the Bible day and night. I, I can't think about the Bible day and night. I can't. You're thinking about something day and night. Just change the channel. <laughs> right? And he's not talking about, you know, you've got things you've got to do. You've got to work on the job. Be good on the job. If you work a Taco Bell, be a good employee. You know, don't just take five-minute breaks every now and then praising the Lord. Don't do that. It's a bad witness. Work when you're supposed to work. But praise when you're supposed to praise. So, a sermon a day will do wonders for your health. My words are medicine to all their flesh. It's good to read the Bible, but it can't take the place of hearing anointed sermons from God-appointed leaders you know you're supposed to listen to. And this gets even a little more specific in this area it, with all the amazing opportunities to tap into all the amazing ministries today through the Internet. There's still nothing like the local church you're called to. I listen to Kenneth Copeland. I listen to Keith Moore. I listen to Mark Hankins. I listen to Jesse Duplantis. I listen to Fred Price. I listen to all kinds of teachers. But I listen to what I'm preaching here more than all of them. Because what God's saying through me to you, he's also saying to me. And I want to hear what the Spirit says to this church. Because even though I get a bunch of good word, I won't get certain specifics unless I'm hooked up with the local church I know God wants me hooked up with. Very important. I mean... If you're in the church of Philadelphia, it would have been cool to hear that what the Lord just said to the church of Smyrna and Ephesus, but you really need to hear what he says to your church. Yeah. 
because there were specific words for Philadelphia he didn't have for the other churches. I mean, catered, tailored perfectly. You know, tailored perfectly. It's like, like I mean, Arturo, you, you helped me so much with, with tailoring alterations and this guy is amazing. Um, and uh, his business is amazing. And, and there's, there's been coats I brought into that were a little baggy and maybe a little off and not real fitted. And it, it looked okay. I mean, it, you know, it keeps the weather off you, but it, it just didn't have that zing to it. But when Arturo alters my clothes, they're like, they were made for me. That's what it is. That's what the local church is like. Yeah, you get some good stuff in other places, but specifics come forth in the local church. Hear what the Spirit says to the church is, plural. And so whatever church you're a part of, you need to really take heed to what the Spirit of God is saying through your pastor and your teachers and preachers in that church. So a sermon a day keeps what away? Misery, destruction. Now, another way that I want to title this is healing through preaching. We all believe in prayer. Prayer is wonderful. It's a way to receive healing from God. But we have scripture after scripture after scripture after chapter after chapter after book after book after book in the New Testament of people being healed and there was no praying at all. Just preaching. And while the words were coming forth, miracles were happening. You know, when Jesus, when, when Peter told Aeneas, who was sick for eight years, in a bed for eight years, bedridden for eight years, Peter comes, this is after Jesus was in heaven. He's operating as we can as the church. He said, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes you whole. Get out of bed. He got up and was totally healed after eight years of being death, uh, bedridden. And Peter didn't even pray. What did he do? He preached to him. Shortest sermon on record, but it got a man healed. Aeneas, I have a sermon for you. Jesus Christ makes you whole. Get up. Sermon ended. He did what Peter said, and he's no longer bedridden after eight years. How many think we need to respect a little bit more what God's saying to those people we know we're supposed to be listening to him from? Oh, come on, man. This, there is, do you realize right now as I'm preaching right here, God wants us to preach sermons that put him on the spot. You know, he, he likes it when we start declaring, yeah, it's not only is it true, it's true right now. Not only is there a kingdom of God, that kingdom of heaven is at hand. Not only is Jesus real, I preach Christ unto you. He's here to anoint me right now. Miracles and healings can happen right during a sermon. And when God calls your pastor to preach, you know, as opposed to just teach, which is great for overtime foundation stuff. But when there's an anointing on the pastor to preach, that's God saying to every one of you, I want to manifest a miracle and a healing in your life right now. Because I'm not inspiring you through preaching to tickle your fancy. I'm inspiring you through preaching to act in faith so something can happen right now. Man, when you're under the anointing and you say, by his stripes you were healed, something's going to stir on the inside of you. And when it stirs, just release your faith. Whether it's through an amen or standing up and shouting or running around the auditorium. But that's foolish. Yeah, and that's why people don't get anything because they think this stuff is foolish and it's God's chosen way to get people saved, healed, and delivered. God chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that are lost. It's his way, and we need to like it. Hey, Pastor, yeah, that sounds really good, but I have big problems. I have big problems. I have emotional problems, and I have bipolar problems, and I have cancer, and I have, and I have AIDS, and oh, I thought you were going to say something terrible. Listen, preaching can fix all of it. I know some of you may not believe me right now, but I'm going to show you scripture. Preaching can fix all those things I just named. But look at a couple of scriptures here. I know you're probably thinking, what? Stick with it. Look at these scriptures. You're going to love this. Turn to Acts, oh, excuse me, Psalm 107. Psalm 107. And I want you to read verse 17 through verse 20. So remember this. Our title today is A Sermon a Day Keeps Misery Away. Or the title is Healing Through Preaching. Or, third title, What Can God Do in One Hour of Preaching? Come on, what can God do in one hour? 
a lot. If the anointed word's coming forth and if people choose to believe it and act on what they're hearing, miracles can happen in one hour of a sermon. Look at this, verse 17. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Now listen right here. Sometimes the problems in our life is because we've done some stupid things and made some bad decisions. Not all sickness means you did something wrong. You live in a fallen world, there's a curse floating around, and sometimes it even attacks good people. That's why good people got to go from just being good to being knowledgeable people of the Word of God. So, he said fools, because of their transgressions and because their iniquities, are afflicted. So this is another reason you want to get off that road. Right? But notice the next verse. Their soul abhorred all manner of meat. They were so sick they just couldn't even eat anything. Just, ugh. It got so bad they almost died. They drew near to the gates of death. Now remember, who's he talking to? Fools. Can anybody relate? No hands, please. <laughs> okay, so God's talking to fools here that have messed things up and done some things that caused self-inflicted destruction. Is there any hope for people like that? Or should they just like, should we just write them off? That's just it, man. You just, you're, you're a scuzzball and you just, you just deserve what you're getting. Just, is that God's word to fools? What's God's word to fools who are, op, who are falling into destruction because of their own dumb mistakes? What's his word? Verse 20. Well, let's go to verse 19. It said, then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distresses. Now stop right there. Now, now that's, that's, that's awesome. But most people, and a lot of people watching by camera probably going, that's cool. How did that happen? How, how, how did that happen? Was it just some invisible power or some, some you know, wave the wand? Or how, how that, he saved them out of their distresses. You want to know how it happened? Do you, know how, do you want to know how he saved them out of their distresses so you can know what to cling to? Next verse. How did he save them from their foolish destruction? What did he do for them? What's the way of God if you want healing? See, we're talking about the life of victory. What way are you... What's, what's God's way to get people healed? What path should you be on if you want healing from God? You need to be on the path of his word. Hearing it regularly. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. This is ones they caused themselves. Say, the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Come on, do you see this here? He sent his word. No wonder there's opposition to going to church. No wonder there's opposition to hearing sermons on a daily basis. No wonder there's opposition to reading your Bible. No wonder 101 good things come up to bump your time with God in the morning. No wonder there's sly spiritual opposition to you and me hearing preachers preach the word of God. No wonder there always seems like something more exciting to do with our time. No wonder. The devil knows this. He knows if you get on the road of hearing his word on a regular basis, you're going to be healed, you're going to be delivered, and you're going to be an advertisement for the goodness of God everywhere you go. And many people are going to leave the devil's kingdom and run into God's kingdom just because of the victory in your own life. Amen. And how does it happen? See, do you ever wonder why sometimes it's hard to go to church? Do you ever wonder sometimes why you start feeling offended at your preacher? Do you ever, wondering, do you ever start wondering sometimes when you start feeling edgy in a church service that goes a little long? Do you ever wonder why you feel like not going to church the next week because you didn't get much out of it the last week? Do you ever wonder why? Demons <laughs> are invisible Forces that do not want you and me getting delivered and healed. It's terrible business for the devil when his people see how healed we are. And he knows he'll lose his converts. 
if these people keep seeing the goodness of God. Hearing sermons are great, but it's time to show the world that our Jesus is good. It's time to get in the Word so much to where we're so filled with God's Word, there's no room for these things that have been plaguing us and binding us. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Say this, fools can be healed. <laughs> Amen. I wrote this down. I said, it, it does no good to pray for help if you're not going to church and hear preaching. If you're not going to go to church and hear preaching. Or if you're not going to hear sermons at home. Or if you're not going to read your Bible. It does no good to pray for help if you're going to ignore the way that God says healing comes to your life. I used to think reading the Bible was a religious thing that goody-goody Christians did. I used to think that reading your Bible, you know, it's like if you're going to be a priest or something, you know, or a monk or... Yeah, you read the Bible. I grew up in the Catholic Church, and they never really encouraged us to read the Bible. We're supposed to take the priest's word for everything. But then I got to reading the Bible and found that I need to read the Bible myself. <laughs> and I could, I, I could still receive from them, but I would know in my heart if what they were saying was true or not, because I got Scripture and the witness of the Spirit. So, if you need healing, if you need healing, you need to do some hearing. Pastor, I don't have time. Just pray for me. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Pastor, just pray for me. Hurry up and pray for me. I just want my healing so I can go back and do my own thing. No. No, if it's an emergency and serious, I'll pray for you and God will help you get a victory. But you'll be back in bondage in two weeks if you don't get on the right road. Right. If you don't start doing some hearing for yourself. I can't hear from God for you. I can hear some things. You get you got the specifics yourself. So did you get that? All right. Go to Acts 8. Don't, don't, don't die down on me here. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. Somebody say, Pastor, you're looking mighty good today. <laughs> oh. Acts 8. Look at Acts chapter 8. New Testament. Jesus already ascended to heaven. The church is on the scene. Same church we're a part of. Acts chapter. Do you realize you're hearing words today that are absolutely life-saving and life-changing? I didn't come up with these most of what I'm telling you is not on my notes. It's the anointing of God flowing through me, through me to help you. Please receive this as a help from the Lord. Check it all out with Scripture, but please, when you see it's in the Scripture, just thank the Lord for it. Look at Acts chapter 8, and I want you to notice verse 5. Then Philip, which was just previously somebody who waited tables in their local church, it said, Philip went down to the city of Samaria, which was known for demon possession. You'll see that in just a minute. Do you all remember the scripture where the, the Pharisees were coming against Jesus and said, Jesus, you're a Samaritan. You have a devil. I guess it was the reputation in Jesus' day that if you're from Samaria, you're probably one of those demon possessed people. They must have had some weird stuff going on in Samaria where people opened themselves up to demon powers and got possessed and a lot of people were sick and in bondage and oppressed. And Philip is going to Samaria. Notice here, Philip went down to Samaria and what did he do? The strongest thing you can do for a place like that. <laughs> God's sending in the big guns. He's sending in a preacher. Are you listening to me? He went down to Samaria and preached Christ unto them. The word Christ means anointing. The word anointing means power from heaven to fix everything. So Philip went down to Samaria and preached power. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He healed yesterday when he was physically on the earth. He's healing today through his church, the body of Christ. You don't have to wait another second. You don't have to pray another prayer. You don't have to be a little better. You don't have to clean your life up. The anointing is here. Get delivered right now, Samaria, in the name of Jesus. He's here. The kingdom of God is at hand. He's here. He's here. He's always been here. Wake up and receive. And they did. And look what happened. He went and preached Christ unto them. 
And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake. Message translation says they hung onto every word he spoke. So they were just in a building and words bouncing off their eardrums. They were hungry. They were honing in. They were respecting the word of God. They were listening and they got set free from demons, paralyzed conditions and crippled conditions. The people with one accord listened and gave heed to those things which Philip spake. Notice, no prayer. Hearing the people, hearing and seeing. So everybody say hearing and seeing. Hearing say hearing and seeing. Hearing and seeing. Divine, order. Divine order. If you want to do some, if you want some seeing, you're going to have to do some hearing. They heard him preach and it set the stage for what we're about to read. Miracles begin with preaching. Preaching was never just supposed to excite us and inspire us and we leave with no changes. If God ever anoints your pastor to preach, he's saying, I want to do something for you right now, manifested form. Right now. Would he inspire you but by his stripes you were healed and then say, no, just wait three weeks and it'll happen. Preaching is a sign that God wants some immediate things happening and that people will believe what they're hearing and add faith to it and act on their faith. Boom, 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 boom. Chains start breaking everywhere and nobody even got prayed for. Doesn't get any better than the word. We believe in prayer. It's wonderful. It's fine. But if people don't hear good preaching and they do get a miracle, they'll probably end up in worse shape three weeks from now anyway if they're not going to get in the word themselves. Come on, church. It's one thing to get free. But we want to stay free. Do you remember John 5, 14? Let me just quote it to you. So Jesus just heals this man, right? Um, at the pool of Bethesda. A guy who was just waiting for the angel to come down from heaven, trouble the water. The first one in got healed of whatever disease he had. Well, he had nobody to carry him in the water. The Lord said, you going to be made whole? He said, I don't have any man. Everybody look in the man. He said, well, <laughs> rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. That was a gift of healings in operation. Very little faith on the man had to be released that day. This was a gift of healing. Came on the scene and he was risen up. And the Lord found him later. And this is what he said in John 5, 14. He said, hey, buddy, you liking your healing? He goes, yeah, it's really wonderful, Lord. It's cool, isn't it? Now, if you want to stay free, go your way. Sin no more. Lest the worst thing come unto you. That's a word for people that want to stay free if in fact their own foolishness got them in the problem. Because if you don't get out of the foolishness but you get the healing then the foolishness can attract another problem. And we, we always think, oh, this guy must have been fornicating. Oh, this guy must have been getting drunk. This guy must have been beating his wife. Do you realize there's sins of omission that if you don't repent from not doing, you'll end up right back into problems? What if his sin was not hearing the word of God on a regular basis? The Lord said, listen, go your way and don't omit that anymore. lest the worst thing come unto you. Go your way. Don't omit church services anymore. lest the worst thing come unto you. But James talks about him that knows to do good and doesn't do it. To him, it's sin. That's talking about sin being something you're not doing that you know you should be doing as opposed to doing something bad you know you shouldn't be doing. You all following me here? <laughs> there's sins of omission, there's sins of commission. And the Lord said, go your way and sin no more, lest something worse happen to you. Jesus wants us to stay free. And that's why we're talking about the life of victory. Don't make the things of God a part of your life. Make God the core of your life. Get into this thing called Christianity. Love the Lord. Praise God every day. Worship the Lord. Hear sermons. Be a part of the church. Then go to your job. Do your career. Do whatever you want to do out there. But take him totally with you. He's your life. It's not like we leave God at home and go to work, I hope. I mean, they don't work real good. Come on, you, you, can't, you can't go to church on Sunday. And then Friday night, leave God at home and go to a bar and get drunk. <laughs> You're going to find yourself on a road where you're going to need help. 
and he's merciful. He'll help you. But really, he's going to have a talk with us, too, about the way we're living, not just, you know, oh, praise the Lord on Sunday. I know this, 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 is a, this doesn't apply to anybody in this room or watching online. It's somebody else out there. <laughs> Read on here. He said in verse 6, The people get, with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Notice, For unclean spirits crying out with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with the palsies, or paralyzed, and that were crippled or lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. Wow. What did these people need? I mean, what did these demon-possessed paralyzed, crippled people need. What do they need? A preacher. Now you know why the devil belittles these things? Makes fun of these things on Saturday Night Live? Now you know why? There's so much crazy junk in the world today against preachers and Christianity. Oh sure, there's been some that have messed up, maybe done things wrong with their offerings. Maybe there's some that have been hypocritical. Maybe there's some that have messed up and never repented. Sure, we know. But there's a lot of good. And all the devil wants is he wants you to not hear the good. He'll keep pointing at the crazies and make you think all preachers are crazy. Well, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm a very calm man. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Seriously, <laughs> the devil will do everything he can to make you think preachers are like these portrayed preachers in a Hollywood movie. I've seen only a couple where they got a preacher in the right zone. But a lot of these movies, they make preachers look like stupid, ignorant, foolish, crazy people. There's been a couple we've seen, though, that, that there's, there's a good projection of it. Tough people of faith. Just steady and straight and care for others. But this city got healed and delivered because they received a preacher. Oh, I hope they come up with a cure for COVID. I hope there's a vaccine. I already got one. Mm, that's nice. <laughs> come on. It's called the gospel, right? The gospel. Take the pill. Take the... This is... This is Everything. Don't let anybody tell you, that, oh, I can't wait till they come with a cure for cancer. Now, we're praying for one to happen in the natural. We've been praying for that, for our president and others to find the right things. But there's already a cure. He sent his word and healed them. They drew near to the gates of death. God sent his word and healed them. All right, before you go, I've got to show you one more thing. Look in the book of Acts chapter, actually, we just, I quoted that one. Go to Luke chapter 4. And 1 Corinthians 1. Um, remember I just said in Acts chapter 9, Peter came to Aeneas and said, Jesus Christ makes you whole. Arise, take up your bed and walk. He immediately arose, was totally healed, and Peter didn't even pray for him, but he got totally healed. People need preaching a lot more than they think. I'm going to go as far to say a lot of people need preaching more than they need another prayer. Listen closely. <clears throat> Quote Acts 14, 7 through 10. A certain, oh, no, it says, there in Lystra, Paul and Barnabas preached the gospel. Everybody say preached. Proclaimed it like I'm doing right now. There's teaching and I love teaching. Solid foundation things built up over time. Awesome. But here it says Paul and Barnabas preached the gospel in Lystra. And there was a certain man in Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a crippled from his mother's womb who never had walked. That man heard Paul preach. And Paul, steadfastly beholding him, perceiving that he had faith to be healed... Paul said to the lame man, rise, stand up your feet and walk. And immediately he leaped and walked and was healed. Interesting how a man crippled from his mother's womb got healed from a deadly, a, a, a 
lifelong bondage in one hour hearing a preacher preach and no prayer. That excites me. You know why? We can do the same thing here. I can preach. Someone can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can listen intently. We can get faith to be healed. And we can act on that faith when the Spirit of God prompts us and see exactly the same thing. Let me tell you what happened in this situation. I got this by revelation from the Holy Spirit. The man was sitting there. He had tried to walk hundreds and thousands of times in his life. He had tried to walk, made efforts, and never, never succeeded. But this was a whole different day because something was going in his ears that had never gone in his ears before. The preaching of the gospel. And he got so caught up. Now, it's interesting to me that Paul preached a gospel that gave physically sick people faith to be healed. Preachers all over the world, are you preaching the same gospel that encourages physically sick people and gives them faith to be healed? Are they hearing it might or might not be the will of God? Preachers all over the world, listen. Are you preaching a gospel like Paul preached to where when a physically sick person hears this part of the gospel, they get faith to be healed? They act on their faith and they're totally healed? Or are there no faith at all after you're done preaching for physically sick people to be healed? The big, one of the biggest reasons why people are not receiving healing today is because of church teaching. That is unscriptural. And because it's coming from a pulpit, people deem it as sacred. They latch onto it, not even checking it out for themselves to see if it's even true. Greatest problem is church teaching. Wrong church teaching. Deluded church teaching. It's God's will that every single sick person on this planet is healed. Jesus didn't take stripes for a few people. He took stripes for all people. And just because they're not receiving doesn't mean God didn't want them to have it. There's people in hell today that God didn't want to go to hell. But they still went. Well, there's people sick today that God doesn't want sick. you got to believe the gospel. you got to cling to it and not worry about what you look like or sound like. And act in faith. And what happened is he heard anointed preaching. And it pulled this lame man out of the mental realm into the realm where it's easy to receive healing. And before he slipped back in the mental realm, Paul said, stand up right on your feet. And he acted from his heart and he leaped and walked and he was no more lame because he acted in faith. He tried to get up many times, but this time he was acting in faith, not just reason. And he got a miracle. So in closing, look at this scripture. You there? Luke 4. Jesus said to the people of this day, this is why I'm here, guys. This is what I'm here to do from the Father. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's empowered me to preach. What do poor people need? They need money. What do they really need? Food. What do they really need? What do, the, what do the poor people really need? See, a sandwich will run out. The money will be spent. And we give people money and food all the time from this church, near and far. But you know what people really need if they're poor? Preaching. Because God doesn't want them just receiving another handout. He wants them handing out to others because they have more than enough. And only preaching will get you to that level of prosperity. Preach the gospel to the poor. That's what Jesus came to do. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Oh, look at it again. To preach deliverance to the captives. This is how most people got delivered in the New Testament. We'll see this right here. They preached deliverance to the captives. I can't find anywhere in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John or the book of Acts where Jesus or the disciples ever prayed, Father, heal so-and-so, and they got healed. Never. But all kinds of people got healed. It was amazing. But it wasn't through, Father, please heal so-and-so. It was through, stretch forth your hand, rise and walk, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he came seeing, do this, do that. Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. This. People got healed when they heard anointed words. 
they acted on those words and they saw immediate changes in their body and in their soul. We can pray for healing. The prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. That's the scripture. But it's not the only way to receive healing. This is one of the best ways because if you get healed through preaching, you're more likely to stay healed if you continue to hear preaching. Preach deliverance to the captives. I know what I need. I need somebody to cast the devil out of me. You probably just need a good sermon and you'll be free by, by your own efforts to hear the, hear the preaching. <laughs> somebody says, well, I think I have demon problems. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me you had a really bad problem. That's nothing. You don't even need prayer to get free from demons. Just a little word, just get some word in you and you'll be free. I'm not saying it's not a problem. I'm just saying it's not as big as a problem as a lot of people think. If you don't even need prayer to get free from a demon, it must not be that big of a deal. Preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach. Jesus was called to do a lot of preaching. And he saw a lot of miracles because he did that. Preaching sets the atmosphere for people to get in faith. Sometimes I think we close our services too quick when we need to reserve a little bit of time at the end of services where we're all expecting now confirmation of the preached word. Let's stand up. We just heard the word today. There's some things stirring in our hearts. We need to release our faith while it's still stirring. Would you all say this with me? Lord Jesus, I believe your word. You redeemed me from the curse. By your stripes I was healed. Your word is working in me. Medicine to all my flesh. Life to my spirit and soul. I mix faith with the words that I've heard. I act on them. I praise you that they're true. I say boldly and out loud. I believe the gospel. Everything I need is in the gospel. It's all working out in my life. I'm blessed. I'm free. I'm strong. I'm in the hands of the Lord. I rebuke disease. I resist sickness. I say no, no, no. I don't accept you anymore. Things are getting better. The light's getting brighter. Depression, you can't stay. My light breaks forth like the morning. I'm strong. Now say this to your body. Body, I call you blessed. Free from disease. Strong. Healthy. Free indeed. I speak to every part of my body. I call you blessed. Anything that's not right, stop and get out. I bind it. I resist it. My body is blessed. I only allow blessed things in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 